Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, let's start. There's your tea. Thanks. Um, oh my God, I don't know your last name. Tiernan. No. That's what? Person. Sorry. That's the famous, that's the famous Irish that's the comedian. Fa- yeah, that's the famous, that's the famous <laughs> Irish one. Um, Conway. Conway. Eleanor Conway. Okay, so... Welcome to the shift. Thanks. So we're going to have so much fun. We didn't even plan about what we were going to talk about before, but so I guess we'll just wing it a little bit. That's I just realised that we got too busy just having the actual chats. Um, we we're just slagging off the whole U- the New York comedy industry. Yeah, but you'll I, never see it. <laughs> I I love the New York comedy industry for the fact that it's been really good to me. I will, I do have to say I think I've been very lucky in that regard because I think a lot of people come over to New York and they already have a they're a big fish in a small pond and they come to New York and they're a small fish in a massive lake and they are a bit traumatized and they have their way of doing things and they don't want to start at the bottom again and they don't want to come in and do the check I've heard that whereas I came here and started comedy so I had a clue I was like yeah I'll do this for free or I was just happy to get everything and then I was lucky to be in a lot of the right places at the right time like the audition at New York Comedy Club, I was two years in a comedy. I had no friends. Um, <laughs> so they were like, I just had comedian friends and they're meant to bring, it's a bringer, but tried no family or friends to bring to a comedy. They don't do this anymore, but this is the process at the time. So I came there and the manager at the time who was working there was like, oh, you're meant to bring people. And I was like, oh, I have these comedians. And they were like, no, you have to bring people who pay and drink. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I have no friends. And he was like, I just go, I'm a foreigner. I'm like from Ireland and my family don't live here. And he just like rolled his eyes and he was like, whatever, just do it. And I did the audition. And I got passed. And then I started at the bottom. I did all the checks. I did all the guest spots. And then eventually worked up to getting paid spots to hosting. To And now they're going to produce a album and special for me. And that's like... Uh, I think a lot of comics who come where they're like a big fish somewhere else are like, oh, I don't want to start doing the checks or I don't want to audition. And then they're like five years later, like, fuck, I probably should have done that. then. Yeah, I think I think I think from I mean, it's only my second time here, but the vibe that I get is that it's it's hard. But then there is the rewards can be a lot bigger because it's yeah. a bigger place. I don't know. I could be full of shit. I mean, I've, I, I've been it. I've been it two days, and I don't know because I didn't start in Ireland. And when I went back, I was opening for Des, so I was already like, they were like, they were all very nice to be the comics, but I'm sure they're probably like, who the fuck's this bitch? Yeah, <laughs> like, where's she come from? Open a Vickers Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though I was only doing 15 minutes, I wasn't really like they had a Julie J or Stephen doing like the open open. I was just like the, I was like the. The pre-open, like the pre-come. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that. Sorry. Uh, I will say for the listeners, I uh, do have the fan on again. So you didn't complain last week, so it should be fine. So I think it's okay. But if you do complain, don't. Because it's really hot. And we need it on, right? Yeah, we do need it okay, on. Okay, good. Yeah, so it should be fine. Just think of it like as in uh, background noise, like ASMR. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Some sort like, of meditative. We're on a beach. Yeah, we are on a beach. Um... Well, thanks for inviting me on. No, thanks so much for doing it. I thought it'd be fun. Sorry, I'm taking this off my tea. 
That's it. You do it. Have a little slurp. And my ill wife mug for the video. That's where I work one day a week. They're so nice. <laughs> They're so supportive of my comedy. It's crazy. Do they come and see you? No. <laughs> they're not that supportive <laughs> they're just supportive of me taking time off my boss will like cover because he's from ireland too and he loves comedy and we used to have a comedy show and i ran his comedy show for years in his other venues so anytime i need to take time off he's like gotcha go kill it which is like wild because not a lot of jobs would be like and he's willing to cover the shift for me so it's cool so if anybody listens go to alife they're great yeah they've and that's what I love about this place is people are properly into your dreams they're like yeah you go and do that yeah. there's a sort of like I don't, well, I don't know about Ireland but like in the UK it's sort of like oh, I know you're a bit big for your boots aren't you I know that 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 is a bit of an attitude for sure but I think that it's changing back home a little bit because I see people's Instagrams now and I'm like oh they're posting happy pictures <laughs> you know because in Ireland it was always like I don't I feel like it's okay to be sad <laughs> I yeah. do. I feel like there's a, there, it's okay to be sad and everything's like, like earlier when I said, when I become famous, which I've always struggled about because I would never say that. You have to be humble. You could never say that in Ireland. But then my American friends were like, yeah, put it in the air. So they always shout at me when I say, oh, like, oh, hopefully one day I'll like, maybe who knows? God, I probably won't. You know, though. And it's, that's a typical Irish. But here they're like, but then the opposite is that here they're like, you have to be happy. You have to be happy all the time. And that freaks me out a bit because I think we can both meet where in Ireland it's okay to be happy yeah. and here it's okay to be sad. Because here if you're sad, they're like, well, are you taking pills? Are you going for a run? And it's like, no, I just had a really good night yesterday. It's a balance. I had a few drinks. I'm sad today. It'll be fine later. Or just leave me alone. I want to be sad for a bit. Yeah, I haven't really got ha- like handle around it, to be honest. I do sort of like, like there's a part of me that really hates the sort of over exuberance and the positive energy mm-hmm. like i'm you know when i go to my meetings and they're like well done for being eight years sober and i'm like oh can we just all shut up now please thank you just it, honestly it's no biggie just mm-hmm. chill the fuck out um i always get confused with it because as well it feels like to me i don't if someone in Ireland says the way some an American here says something, so an American says something and it's meant to be positive and like nice and like yeah. like push you up, that would be sarcastic in Ireland and it means it can be opposite. So sometimes when someone does it to me, I have to be like, oh, I'm confused. Are you being genuine or are you, are you telling me to go fuck myself? Because uh, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, sometimes I've noticed if I'm a little bit sarcastic here, it comes off really like nasty. But like, it's like, oh, I've caught myself doing it. I caught myself doing it about a day ago and I was like, oh no, no, you can't be sarcastic in the same way here as you can back home. Yeah. Or it could come across nice. Because let's say if I were to go, if I were to go home and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I video my special. And if one of my friends was being sarcastic, now most of my friends are supportive, but let's say it was like, they were like, oh, oh, good for you. Well done. Look at you with your special and the big apple. But if that same person said that over here to an American, they'd be like, thank you so much. I know I worked really hard for it. But you know, I used to do that to people back home and... So I'd go come back from here and go back home. And when people do that, I genuinely answer them like, oh, yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's been like I really worked hard or yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, I was being sarcastic. You don't remember sarcasm because you're in America. And I'm like, no, I'm do just you, do, fucking are, with are, you. Are people back home a little bit jealous? Because you've, like, you've done the dream, really. Like you've kind of come out. Cause I remember like you've come out and, you know, you're successful as a comic here. It's quite hard to be in America, is it? Like legally. It's hard to be here legally. Yeah, and it's hard to... I think it takes, like, 
I think immigrants do really well over here because we already have a work ethic and I think Irish people have a really really good work ethic for the most now maybe some of them listening to this will be like what the fuck are you talking about but I think anyway my family and my friends I don't think my friends are my friends have been really supportive like my two best friends and I remember an Irish guy back home messaging me saying there was a bunch of their lads shitting on me in like one of the local clubs I know and I just laughed at it because I was like it's such a funny thing because so one of the guys who was shitting on me he is a plumber and the guy who messaged was just he was drunk and he was just like I'm just so pissed off of this shit we should be able to like do whatever we want and I and he I'm like but one of his uh, his little sister is like a close friend of mine so I would have stayed a lot in his house so I think he felt like like big brother like wanted to protect me and he was but telling why was he telling you that's such that's a, I know but I think he was telling me to be like don't like don't be friends with this guy you know that type don't let of them bring you down you're like well I didn't know I'm over <laughs> here doing my shit and then they're slacking me off <laughs> yeah, in some fucking yeah I'm like this is why I came here backwater of Ireland but I think it's funny I thought it was funny because it was like this guy is a plumber I never at one like in any stage of my life i'd go fuck you for being a plumber how dare you try to fix things but there's something about comedy where people like how dare you try to tell jokes in front of an audience but i yeah i'm sure in that regard maybe he was jealous because maybe he was like well i'm funny in conversation i can do it but it's just a strange thing because if he became like the most successful plumber in ireland i'd never be like well how dare he try to achieve his plumbing goals but it's there's something about comedy or acting or singing because well, I think it's the guy, maybe. Well, I think I think it's because it's an intangible thing, isn't it? It's like a th- you kind of go, oh, "I can never be that." Especially if you're like from a normal, go, oh, "I can never do that, never be that." Like, yeah. let alone go, "Oh, I'm going to be successful in New York." Yeah, and the way he should think about it is, I could never be a plumber. <laughs> I could. <can, laughs> that'd be some. I could see you as a plumber, Katie. I think it'd be no, really good. I did do. I did do welding for a while. So. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> is that weird? <laughs> Okay. So I could be a welder. So if anybody tries to shit on me who's a welder, I could do that. <laughs> no, I could just weld sculptures, not But what anyway, what about you? You wanna come over here. You're based in England. You're oh, from I don't England. know what I'm doing. Where are you from in England? I'm I live in London. You're from London? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where in London? Uh Canary Wharf. Oh, where's that? Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Yeah, East London. Yeah, you sound like you sound like you're not from a posh area. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Well, I'm actually, like. I'm, I'm originally from Milton Keynes, but like I've, I've lived in London no, too long now. No, it's good because then if you came on and there's mainly Irish listeners, if you had like a posh British accent, it'd be harder to win them over. Yeah, well, that's that. I'm actually, I'm actually faking it right now. Yeah, you're like, uh, you I turn d- Cockney in a minute. <laughs> okay, I'm like, oh, guys, hello. Um, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. It's my second time over. Basically, I tend to do drastic geographicals quite i've done quite a few of them in my past when i was drinking i did one to asia with my drug dealer and then lived in asia for six years and then once when i was high on ecstasy i moved to west croydon so i just and then during lockdown i moved to manchester and so i want to move to new york but i need to kind of just have a look first so this is me having a look yeah it's Um, just a bit of a big move and i got a really nice flat in london and i'm just like i like my family do you know what I mean? I was just like, I'm just going to just see what the vibe is over here. But you can make it really well in England. Like, look at Ashlyn B. She made it. She's a, bloody, she's a star. Yeah, you can. But New York is bigger, isn't it? I have no idea. Yeah. I prefer New York, but that's because I only went to London once and I just found it hard to get around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like in New York, you can do a lot of shows, just hop on the subway. It's all very, it's not technically bigger. I'd say it's smaller, actually, geographically. What is New York? Yeah. Because London, I took me like 
an hour and a half on a bus just to get to one end to do a different show at a different place. And I was like, oh, I can't be dealing with this. I'm pretty sure someone listening will have like the stats on it. It just feels bigger, but I think it's, I don't think it's as big as London, but yeah. I don't, I don't actually know. Maybe I just saw a TikTok once and that's where I've got my data. That's where I've got my data from. I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I think you can do really well in London and make money off it and be on TV and stuff like that from what I hear. But I think with New York, there's the chance of being like famous, like a star. Yeah, but also, like, your accent must get you, like, you know, you're different here, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'd be different if I were in London, too, though. Yeah, but you wouldn't be different if you were in Ireland. No, but I still think you have to still... No, that's true. You're right. I guess, like, in one way... I'm, I'm not saying that that's the reason that, no, no, that no. everything's happening. But, like, but if you were a male comic, you would. <laughs> <laughs> but, a like... Ma- a, male com- a male comic said to me, and I've heard that a lot, where it's like... Because a lot of time I feel like this is more men. So it's easy for me to say male comic, but I am just there's more men in it so i'm hearing it more and i think men are more loud with their complaints whereas a woman a female comic could bitch about me i probably wouldn't hear about it because she'll do quietly and behind my back like a do good person <laughs> do people bitch about you oh people bitch about everybody do they oh yeah S- see what i liked about here last time i came was that um i didn't know who the cliques were so i could just yeah. i just sort of gl- glided through everywhere it was and fab I, I think you'll do that fine because i do that fine as well and like you're always it's there's two thousand three maybe five thousand comics there's always going to be people who are going to bitch especially as you get success and you're going to hear it about people you like and you're gonna have to walk away from those conversations that's just that's n- at every scene um there's going to be bitter comics who just feel like i mean i'll give you an example a comic said to me and he has i like, love the gossip i love it come yeah. on I he's never listened to the, this podcast <laughs> I don't give a Go fuck. On um uh but he said and he like i'm sure he is a nice person yeah um disclaimer uh, disclaimer yeah, he's a, i'm sure I he's think, a lovely person i think a lot of people are ruled by their insecurities and jealousies and i think the first thing you need to do when you get jealous or insecure is not what some people do which is they go how can i take this person to justify that they're doing well when i feel myself isn't doing well instead be like oh okay i see what they're doing and that's what i want to do and how can i be inspired what did he say okay so he has what did he say let's just set it up as well he has multiple tv credits he is passed at one of the best comedy clubs in the world i think i know who it is oh no you definitely don't and then he goes uh he was talking about my Instagram because my Instagram is doing very well. And, yeah, it and is. I'm it's doing sure, really well. Yeah, and I'm sure he's feeling like that's the one thing that he's not doing well in. Even though he has everything else. I don't have fucking TV credits. I'm not passed at that comedy club. And he was asking for advice. And I'm always, if someone asks for it, I'll always help where I can. So I was giving him all my tips and tricks. And then he I, he showed me his page. And I went, fuck, you have like 10,000 followers. You're doing great. Like, that is great. In the yeah, grand scheme good. of things, once you get to that 10K, that's when it starts rolling. Is and it? Because I'm stuck at like four and a half. Yeah, you need to get to the 10. Because I have to say, once I got to the 10, it just started slowly but surely rolling. What are you on now? 31. But I really pissed off some people with my clip recently. Which clip was that? I'll tell you about that after. All right, tell, give us the so, gossip. Give us the but so he goes, uh, yeah, but you have 30K. And I was like, so I've been posting longer. And he goes, well, also you're hot. So your 30K equals my 10K. Is he minging? Oh, yeah. And it really pissed me off because that's so... I, and I said to him, I go, 
no that's actually quite unfair to say because uh all of my clips on, uh, everything on my page is just stand-up i don't even post pictures of myself like a year ago there's a bikini pic but i mean like over a year and a half ago um but like all of it is just stand-up so whatever my growth is was from stand-up clips and i go and it's not fair and i feel like men tend to do that in comedy sometimes where they try to put women down by being like well you're hot so of course you have more followers um and he was like oh yeah you're right i'm so sorry i shouldn't have said that um and then i thought about it afterwards and i was like actually it's harder for women on the internet to post stand-up clips because there's so many fucking trolls who hate and they'll yeah, write they this and then they'll write this is why women aren't funny and i'm like don't blame my whole gender on me <laughs> like, i was waiting for the punchline and yeah. it's like mm, it was the end at the end dickhead 200 yeah, yeah. people thought it was funny shut yeah. the fuck up exactly they literally write it on a viral clip where there's <laughs> millions of views and hundreds thousands of likes and be like this is why women isn't funny. And I'm like, what do you want? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or if they compliment, they go, finally, a female comedian I kind of like. Or And you're like, well, this isn't even a compliment. And you just insulted my whole gender. But anyway, uh, so that really annoyed me because it's like, well, if that's the case, actually my 30K is equal to 100K to your 10K, motherfucker. Because it's really hard for women to put out and i don't and i purposely never post out pictures of myself because i uh, that bullshit and i still get that bullshit and it's don't so worry about it like who gives a shit like i know you're doing a spe- like you're doing a special with the like new york comedy Club. i know it's but it's still i know but it's still annoying no it's not you just gotta blank it out yeah well anyway then um step into your power i know well yeah and i know but see my therapist says it's really important to use your voice and to say so i did say it to him i was like because it's like no that's not okay to say and it's not okay to just figure out how you can diminish someone else's what you see as success and i was like also he's killing it in every other area so it's not healthy for him it doesn't make any sense why have you got a therapist because you're in america now because i have childhood trauma yeah but we've all got child you grew up in ireland i'm pretty sure that we've all like no no it was really good i have to say i know you think it's like an american thing i, I actually am will be done with my therapist because she says she, she doesn't think i need it anymore which is great oh that is good um but before i had therapy i was having night terrors every night oh god uh like re i was dating a lot of like really horrible men who are like i grew up in like a really fucked up environment and i think a lot of people did but i also think those people should go to therapy because why should we live with like the ptsd of it or not being able to sleep or dating nightmare people because you're yeah, recreating man. the fucking love, the thing that you think is love because of your childhood. And it's like, oh, you can go to therapy. You can talk it all out without feeling guilty and feeling judged and feeling like embarrassed for feeling like a victim or embarrassed that like, oh, am I a victim? Am I being silly for feeling this way? Because that's a very typical Irish thing where it's like, just squash it all down, move on with it. But then you're like, so like when you squash down any of that shit yeah you have either night terrors or you're like here like i would hear my mother scream my name and i'm like in america so it's like really i was dating people like her so possessive jealous abusive and that's how i that's what i thought love was so it's like a waste of my life so it's like go to therapy get it fixed now i don't have night i i don't have nightmares i still have very vivid dreams but anyway but i don't have nightmares i haven't had sleep paralysis since um, and I got to do it without feeling guilty, without having to be like, and so how are you? Because, you know, sometimes you'd be like, why don't you talk to your friends? I'm not going to dump all that shit on them, but this is a no, qualified. that is very good. Uh, and I feel, and I'm in a healthy relationship where I'm like, oh, I mean, I, re- I picked someone who I could A, spend my life with, B, we've the same morals, C, isn't possessive, jealous or crazy. And I've had to learn how to 
be comfortable in that type of relationship instead of being like wait you're you're not gonna like get all paranoid and uh, but, but my i have skills how to deal with those type of people <laughs> it's like oh you're just chill you, s- you stopped being attracted to the drama yeah yeah i got emotional up and down yeah and it helped as well because even in friendships i was probably defensive or extra mm. sensitive um and now i'm kind of like oh this person said something but that means something different to me because so i'll give you an example every day growing up was walking on eggshells because whatever word i said my my mother would hear a different word and it would turn into a big drama a big screaming fest so in turn like when i was older with friends i was always like oh my god i said that do you think they're annoyed about that and overthinking and worried and then just going to therapy it's like it's out of your control like just someone who's qualified and saying like it's out of your control like don't worry about that or my therapist said like guilt is like bread it's bloating and all of these things then i just think about it and i'm like oh okay or i would never be able to be alone i would always have to be with friends be out be sociable ever since therapy i'm like i had three days off last week i did not leave my house it was amazing that's great sounds like you're content yeah like a cat great so yeah so i a hundred percent i have so many irish people that i know that they're like oh no it's fine i just black out like my abusive parents <laughs> shit and i'm like yeah that's like a disorder it's called dissociate it's dissociating <laughs> like you need, you need to go get yourself looked after but uh so yeah i'm a big uh ad- plus there's a lot of mental health issues that we don't know we have like i was afraid that i would go and i was afraid they would diagnose me with something now she didn't think thankfully for me just because i was nervous because it's a big history of mental health but then i thought about it afterwards and i was like i mean if there was thank god i went and thank god they would diagnose me because now i'm realizing my mother was just undiagnosed and she still is to this day but it's like if someone had just insisted that she or like she wouldn't and she won't but even if she took it on herself to go and got the help that she needs a lot of there would have been it would have been a different situation so like in ireland we'll be like oh that person has bipolar or that person is like crazy and then you know you find out you have that and you're like oh my god am i going to be like that person it's like no because that person is undiagnosed they're not yeah, getting the help. Our parents' generation didn't have the luxury of going to therapy, though, I don't think. I know, th- I feel like that is very much a luxury of like, I know we're slightly different ages, I'm a bit older, but. No, you know. I do, would agree with you. And I think there was an awful stigma around mental health. So it's better to be crazy than to, to be told you're crazy. And I think, especially mm. for women, I think it's. Um, but I think now, I think years later, there's no excuse. How long have you been in therapy for? Oh, like a year. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I did therapy when I got sober and uh, it was good. I didn't like my therapist though. Yeah. She sort of like go, mm. and then she was just like, I can't remember what type it was. It was that, it wasn't the CBD one. It was the other one where she just sort of like, like just be silent yeah. and I'd have to fill in the gaps. And it, I, f- I found that disgustingly horrible. It felt like I was like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. I wanted to be told something. Yeah, my therapist is an older black lady, so she's really funny. She's like, literally will be like... She American? Yeah, yeah. And she'll be like shouting at me sometimes. She'll be what? Like shouting at me sometimes. What, she'll what be like, she Katie! Or like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like, she's very like, uh, talks in it and asks the right questions, but also like in- inspiring in a way. Because I don't, I think I prefer that she's not white, just, and I'm not trying to like make any broad generalizations, but I think 
like most American white people aren't immigrants if I had gotten a therapist. Uh, so I, I would rather have an immigrant therapist or a minority just because I think they relate a bit more because there's more of a background to like that religious aspect or oh, yeah, parents may that. have come here or understanding the struggle or the cultural differences. And I even find like when I'm doing comedy, if there's Latin or black people in the audience, I just relate harder with them. And I feel like that's like my favorite audience. Mm. Um, I think they're like more like Irish people, if I'm honest. I've yet to find out. I've been on Bumble this week, this the last few days, just getting really depressed about how like because I'm staying at my friend's place in the Upper West Side, fancy, and um, I'm sort of like searching, and it's just like, hey, I'm like, I'm trying to be age appropriate because <laughs> I go a bit younger usually, so I'm trying to go for like forty to fifty, which is like, and they're hot here over forty. They're not. Wait, how old are you? I'm forty four. You look great. I thought you were like thirty two as well. What are you putting Mas- on your face? Stop it. What are you putting on your face? Oh, I, I'm a... Stop it, Katie. Stop Do you put anything, though? I get Botox. Oh, you get Botox. Because all my American girlfriends are like, I put retinol, I put this, I put that. And I'm like... I do, but, but I don't drink or take drugs or smoke. Yeah, I barely drink and I quit smoking. I did smoke well for done. 10 years. And I never did drugs. Not willingly, anyway. Um, So, like, I'm searching on Bumble and, like, there's all these really eligible hot zaddies right yeah. they're kind of like hey i'm VC, like vp of a hedge fund i'm an attorney like really high powered and i'm like none of these men are going to be interested in a 44 year old yeah. stand-up comic that's trying to find a place to rent for th- 300 bucks a week do you know what i mean like the, our income brackets are very different yeah i don't know i never went for older guys and the only ones i did were like poor i went for an older poor comedian ones that was pretty sad. Yeah. Well, you should go for like sort of late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, I think you're better to go for younger. I know, but then that never comes, like that, ne- that never happens to be a relationship. I never seem to get one of those and I quite like a relationship now. And also I want a reason to move to America. Yeah. That won't be the reason that I move. I just, I'm just... I don't think, I think they'll be fine that you do stand-up comedy because that's like cool to them and that's like independent and all that stuff. And if they have money, they'll just like pay for you for stuff. Oh yeah, I'd love a sugar daddy. I'd love a sugar, like a really rich, successful sugar daddy yeah, with a house only, in the Hamptons. The only problem is a lot of the rich ones have like all their little sugar babies on the go. Yeah, I, I, I just think like a 45-year-old, 50-year-old guy that's eligible is not going to be looking for a 45, you know, nearly 45-year-old woman. They're going to be looking for much younger. I know. But the younger guys do want my age. So, yeah, why? Well, I don't know. I think we've made the decision, guys. I'm only going to be, I'm just going to set my age range to t- back to 28 and 35, 28 to 35. Yeah, and 28 to 35 are fine. They want relationships sometimes. Leland's only 27 and he's like oh. a serial monogal- monogamist. Monogalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> monogalist. He one time said on the podcast, he was like, yeah, it's mad about every relationship because you have to pretend like they're the ones. So now every time <laughs> he says something to me, I'm like, oh, you pretending? Are you pretending? <laughs> But um, yeah, no, he's a serial monogamist. It just depends. It's hard. I think it's really hard in New York. I think because there's so much choice. You, it's like a full time job just finding somebody. Yeah, I'm not that arse. I'm I'm only here to see. I'm here to see you, obviously, <laughs> and um, do the shows. Do the shows. See if I can make money here. See what the vibe is. Yeah. See if there's more opportunity here for me. Have you gone on any dates on Bumble? No, I've not actually. I've not even. I've not even. Ta- I've not even tasted a, an American cock yet, <laughs> and I'm excited about the prospect. Is this a smutty podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like sexual a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, inter- yeah, I'm interested to go on a date with an American guy. I would say that I'm a bit confused with the penis difference because I was so young when I moved over. I was only 24, 23. Right. <laughs> so 
I was like, wow, I think without the foreskin, they're actually nicer. Yeah, they don't have a taste. But then in hindsight, maybe I was just with, with some dirty penises. I don't want to just... I've, I mean, I've got a whole I've got a whole 10 minute bit about the last uh, young guy I saw. Um, I call him Stinky Cock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was an English guy. That was an English guy, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe some guys just weren't taught. And that's the only thing when it when it's... They're uh, not very clean. Straight men are not clean down there a lot Well, it's of also like it links into like our parents' generation had so much shame from religion that they didn't teach women about periods and men about cleaning their penis properly. So I think... And then here, they're like extra clean so they chop it off but i actually think that's awful because like every time i look at leland's willy i'm like it looks scared well you know that it was the kellogg's guy wasn't it the kellogg's guy the guy that made kellogg's cornflake he basically wanted to stop people wanking so he he did like a public campaign to kind of get to get circumcised that's why 80 80 percent of i think around 80 or 70 or 80 percent of american men are circumcised it's fucking insane it's weird they're not all jewish it no they're not they're not uh, that's why I thought I always just thought it was Jewish men, and no. every man I know here who's American is circumcised. They just take the baby away at that. Like if I have a son here, they're not fucking coming near. I'll stab them before they try to do it, and I'll just te- tell them how to wash it. But like, I'll, maybe it, get maybe get the man to do it. Yeah, I don't mind. I'll, I'll I'll I I'll be pretty open with my kid, future kid. Kind of hope I have a boy, just because I think it'll be easier. How's your How's your healthcare situation? I have um cheap healthcare it's free oh is it but How? i was well because i was making so little money great yeah but i'll be put onto a new tax it's like insane you if you make under 23 grand a year you can get free healthcare. Sweet. but as soon as you make over 23 you're spending 300 400 a month which is insane that's a big jump so my i did a commercial this year that's gonna push me like it was like insane money i haven't gotten the fucking check for it and i still have more work to do on it but it's like four digits so that's gonna four digits like one thousand more than that but yeah and but like (laughs) (laughs) you're like it's a whole four digits i'm like a grand wow (laughs) yeah yeah i mean still good yeah 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 oh wait so i guess it's more than that i don't know i can't remember i don't know how many (laughs) well because i'm gonna get taxed this is the other thing it's gonna what's so annoying is it's gonna push me out of my free healthcare. But it's great to do it. I was never going to turn it down. But now I'm going to have to take six. I'm going to have to literally take 60% of that check. That's going to go. No, sorry. 60% of it is going to go on my taxes and on my health insurance next year. So I'm only walking away with 40% of it because I have to remember they take 20, 25% of any of these because you're not getting taxed on it. And then my I'll lose my health insurance. So I'll have to put that into my health insurance next year. And it's like, why... But you got to go. Into, look, you got to go into it from from a place of abundance, right? You can't stay from a small place. You can't be in a small financial space. You got to kind of yeah. trust that the universe has got you. Will look after me next yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to be able to, like, I'd love to be famous and successful and all that. And I don't mean famous where they're like fucking writing about you in like some shitty magazine. I mean, like, I want to be able to do what I love, tour, have your fans. And that's the thing. That's why I don't give a shit about any men who write anything bad. I'm like, that's fine. It's not meant to be funny for you. Or even if a woman writes it, I'm like, that's fine. It's not meant, like, that's totally fine. No one's going to laugh. It'd be impossible for everybody to like our stuff. But secondly, I want to have enough money that I can get sick. Like, touch wood in America, you get sick. I'd be fucked even with my cheap health insurance or I still have a copay. Do you know what? 
I think I aspire to be an averagely talented comic <laughs> because that's the true sign of feminism, isn't it? A successful, yeah. averagely talented female comic. Because yeah. that's like, do you know what I mean? That that would be the real sign of equality. Yeah, no, I want to be amazing. I'm all right with just being mediocre. No, I want to. I was like <laughs> watching Moses Storm when I was like, who? Moses Storm. He's so anybody what listen- a fucking great name i know and he his special is called white trash and it's basically about how he is he the guy with the mullet no he looks like he oh there's a guy that i follow on on socials but i can't, I can't remember his name that's tio van yeah i like him I'd, I'd fuck him oh He's yeah well so it's similar he, he grew up in like <laughs> i'm saying it like it would be a concession i'm like i'd fuck him yeah, yeah. like i'd let him near me like he's probably got a lot of options i mean but he's yeah he's handsome. he's well fit um moses is like uh it's all about him growing up poor in america and it's it is brilliant because it i think poverty in america is just horrific oh my god and that's levels of of yeah that's one of the first thing i noticed when i came to new york in february it's just like poverty when you're poor here you're you're fucking poor like you are poor poor like i've never seen it i've I've never never and then when you're rich here you're i i uh bar or say waitress in a Greenwich in a country club and when you're rich here I've never seen rich people like that like is it's a different world so it's just insane I can imagine if you get really really poor like living on I I can because there's no it doesn't seem to be I mean I don't know enough about it but like the just I feel like if you if you if you get that suit if you drop below the line and you become that it must be really difficult to lift yourself out of absolute extreme poverty here whereas in the uk like yeah. you've got you can get the, you can you can Ireland, yeah, yeah yeah you can you can get yourself up as long as you haven't got an addiction problem because that's that that sucks you down but like no it's you the can same, you yeah. can clamber up yeah. somehow no it's the same in ireland and the thing with what he said in the special like it's all very funny and he makes a joke about how like i'm not gonna be like one of those it, and he goes if i were one of those modern comedians who gives a ted talk but then he said his spiel so i thought that was good he kind of like roasted oh, what he's about now. to do oh it's really good it's on hbo but he says that you are when you're when you're in poverty and you're born into poverty and then you die in po- like he said it's nearly and he said even though he's doing a special right now it's because he was lucky he said that's the only reason why he got out of it he said it's it's you're you're and he said there's a lot of like psychological stuff to it as well where when he was on food stamps they would call it a house insecure no sorry food insecure household because that way it's kind of like they don't, the government's like oh, you know it's like a night it's like a way of saying it as if it's like uh like a psychological trick trick you know like oh they're insecure is a word we think more with like mental health or whatever not with like that they physically are starving um and then he has a whole joke about it he being like we're not insecure we're not like shy like oh we've no food <laughs> but it was very but it's true he said there's a lot of things here that they just don't want to they don't want to help poor and they think poor people are dumb and it's like they're not dumb they just is is it i want to say something but i feel like i don't want to say it you think it's not going to be politically correct i'm not sure because i feel like it could anger if anger some of the listeners go for it do you think is america a third world country i was masquerading as like a western superpower yeah i would say i have that whole bit about it being a scam i posted recently but i do think whatever they did with their tv shows you know we're all watching at home like yeah we're watching trump and seeing all that craziness but for the most part you grow up watching like fun tv shows yeah 
and Hollywood and New York City. But you leave those cities, I've never seen poor like I saw here when I was driving to mm. the Grand Canyon. They had there were people living in houses with cow bones outside, like something you would see in a wild western wow. movie, and um, like living in these shacks and outhouse toilets. Like we were driving by slowly, going, "What the fuck is this? This is like an abandoned terrain." Like how do like you think of all the things that they can't they 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 can't afford dentistry? I mean that's fucked up that you can't Do- afford to you, you can't afford to go to the dentist. I, no, and I, when I posted that joke, so my joke is all like how I think pay, you know immigrants are the real patriots, and like um, I won't do the whole bit, but it's all, all about America being a scam and how you know we leave affordable health. Like for me personally, I left affordable health care yeah, to come yeah. here and all this stuff, and the amount of people who are riding underneath it like leave then uh healthcare is not a right and there are americans like they're fucking deluded they should be like oh my god you're right we should be fighting and i'm like you don't think it's a right for you to be able to go to the doctor if you are like that's mental it's in then the amount of people who are are, like actual considered themselves patriots and all of their profile pictures they had a gun because i'm sure (laughs) sure if their appendix blew up they're they're just gonna shoot it out of themselves fucking insane i do see the irony of two like immigrants sitting here (laughs) me wanting to move to america and you and we're the true patriots (laughs) i fucking leave in everything to come here (laughs) like they think they're more patriotic than us us go back to my cozy country where there, there was healthcare and I had a family and I had really nice unsalted food and hormone free milk and oh now I come God. over here and shit myself every day because of the food and and I, I mean we're coming from countries that are really nice I'm, I can't even and then to and then to give shade to people who come from like worn torn countries be like no torn worn torn I don't know how to speak words I'm like audibly dyslexic but so <laughs> they, they come here they make that journey and then they come here and then they or countries maybe that they're fled like maybe like drug shit or whatever and they come here and they're keeping this country afloat because they're working fucking not even minimum wage pick their whole fruit picking industry is bloody people from central and south america that they paid nothing for and if it wasn't for them in the pandemic they would have been fucked i just can't and even the service industry is all sure it's all undocumented irish people or and then in the kitchen it's all undocumented um mexican chefs who are working any restaurant i've worked in over here where i had food bar the irish guy now because they were so nice but i worked when i first moved over i worked in a place where the chefs were working double shifts and they wanted to and they're getting like shitty money oh god i know i like they don't get tips but they they still get paid they'd ra- they hire these immigrants because they pay them under the table really shitty wage so they have to do double shifts fuck me and they complain well, why don't they just, it's just so annoying complain to the right people be like n- no like there ha- there's no correlation because no you should be fighting for healthcare we should be fighting these colleges where are they storing all that money that they're taking that's insane yeah 100 grand a year for college that is mental and then complain about whatever the rents are that the restaurant industry say that they oh they can't pay properly like thankfully i'm working for a great irish guy now but like i've definitely seen it in other places where i'm like this is a fucking there was one irish place i went to work for they hired they purposely hired undocumented i would say i'll say undocumented because my my peruvian friend she's an advocate for undocumented immigrants and she said they try to change it from saying illegal because a lot of the time americans will use that as a way as to like 
make Vil- them vilify exactly so they do this whole like thing on like we got to say undocumented but they purposely hire undocumented irish people so they don't have to pay them the Cheeky. wage and when i was there i had my documents because i fucking came over on an internship thing so as they were like you need to get a fake social security number and then you'll just keep your tips and i was like what and then they were like but we won't pay you for the first week and i worked there for they said the first few days i worked there for seven days and i was working on the floor they weren't giving me my tips and then they weren't gonna pay me so i like walked out of there and then my dad knew like one of the managers so he was like wait no don't work there i didn't they were meant to help me i didn't like help you out and look after you you're not i didn't send them over for you to give them free labor that was an irish place so you can't you can't get there's just yeah there's so much fuckery sometimes um yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I think, yeah. Fuck. Sorry, I went on a whole rant there. But no, that's absolutely fine. Um, can we just talk about eggs for a moment? Eggs. So I went, I went, I went to the grocery store the other day, <laughs> yesterday, and um, firstly, how fucking expensive are the groceries here? But like, I, I just mean, saw- that's another thing. You need a third job just to afford to fuck. eat healthy here, right? I picked up some eggs, right, and it said not caged, no hormones, no GMO, and it just listed all of the things that it wasn't. And it didn't make me feel good. It just made me feel more anxious that I knew that, that the other eggs now had all of this other shit in. And it cost probably $7. Yeah, probably. I didn't... I don't know. Like, well, I'm just a bit... I'm a bit concerned. I'm a bit worried about eating here. That's. I think that's my vibe. Well, I used, I used to have a joke about it. And I don't do it anymore because it doesn't sound real. It doesn't sound legitimate. But I swear to God, it's true. So when I moved over here, I was drinking regular mi- milk and my tits grew. And Your then tits grew. They grew. And then I switched over to non-dairy because I was also like fucking IBS and galore because whatever is in the food here and I put on a ton of weight and I was oh, like, so no. I had to like figure it all out. And then I was fine, figured it out. But my tits shrunk. And I know this because I had to buy new bras when they grew bigger. And like, I didn't put on a load of weight. I just uh, like, a, let's say I went up a, a dress size. But even when you go up a dress size, usually your tits don't get that much bigger. No. That's the last place. And my tits went two sizes bigger. And then when I, uh, when it shrunk, when I started drinking almond and oat milk and all that shit. And I know it shrunk for sure because uh, my friend had given me a load of secondhand clothes. And she had a bra that didn't fit me before because it was too small. And I pulled it out and it fit perfectly. And this is in the, it was like, like two months of me stopping drinking it. So I think there's a ton of fuck, like of hormones God. in there. So what have I got to avoid? I've just been getting these little salads. All right, no dairy. No dairy. Um, no eggs. I eat eggs, but I just get the cage-free hormone. Free, hormone no GMI. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God. But if you walk to Brooklyn, it is kind of sad because like, there's some areas in Brooklyn where you can see the caged chickens and there's 17 chickens. Like their heads are squished out of oh the bloody cage God. to a little like to a you know like a little cat holder and there's probably like 17 squished in that oh, oh my god this it, makes me stressed out i know i can i honestly i know everybody thinks like americans are ridiculous sometimes of veganism and i'm not gonna do it because i'm i'm tempted i'm pretty malnutritioned and like the doctors because i just forget to eat a lot and the doctors are always like you need to eat more steak and all this shit but when i do when i see that i feel very fucking guilty i'm like oh god i went to the supermarket last time i was here i saw a chicken breast that was so fucking big yeah. i thought the dinosaurs had come back like genuinely <laughs> i was like why is this breast so big it's not natural someone it's wrote so fucked up someone wrote on my the patriot thing was like oh you think europe's so great they have size restrictions on fruit and i'm like yeah that's a good thing your fr- my tomato should not be the size of my head okay and i know tomato you might argue is a vegetable but my point is 
they put so much of these what is it pesticides or they put hormones in it that's why americans hit puberty quicker than uh, i i swear to god you see these girls walking around they look fucking 24 they've got their tits and arse you find out they're 13 there's no i never saw that growing up they're they're like i mean they weren't like Mm. they look like women over here like you nearly have to id a lot of the women who come in because you're like You'd be shocked. They look so much older, and I think it's. I, th- I think I'd turn vegan if I moved here. I'm too scared. I'm, I'm already. I already don't like eating chicken. Yeah, I love chicken. I love the taste of it. But I do feel bad when I see that because in Ireland the chickens are just all roaming around. They're having a great old time. They're yeah, until they fucking get murdered. Yeah, it's what God would have wanted. Sorry to bring religion in. I know that you probably have a very complicated history with religion. I apologise for that. Yeah, no, I don't really believe in anything, but I believe in everything. You know, so the way I'm like, you tell me ghosts are real, ghosts are real. You tell me aliens are real, aliens are real. I'm very much of the, you tell me Jesus did his shit. I, I, the whole God, and I love you and I'm sorry for saying this, but the whole... <laughs> You can take the you can take the girl out of Ireland, but you can't take the Ireland out of the girl. I am, uh, I I don't really. My head doesn't wrap around that, and sometimes it makes me a little low. And I think anybody who loses someone, like a partner or a parent, it's so nice to believe in religion and have that as a oh well, they're there somewhere. Whereas for me, I'm kind of depressingly more of the belief that you're here and then you go. and then you're off, which really scares me. Um, but it also means that I do this shit like comedy and, you know, really try to, you know, appreciate the things that I like. I do. It makes me feel guilty sometimes for watching too much TV. I am definitely an overthinker with this stuff. Oh, do you know what? I've been thinking that recently. Right. I'm like, if I did like a little sort of like, <laughs> like check at the end of my life and go, oh, you spent this many weeks doing this. You spent this many. I think I would have, I think I'd be annoyed at the amount of years that I've spent watching Netflix or Amazon Prime. Me too. I feel so guilty about it. But I'm meeting with an Irish producer in August and I pitched him a show. So please, whoever, aliens, if you're real, let me get this so I don't feel guilty. Because <laughs> then it'll be worth it. I mean, that it. is a convoluted prayer, mate. Yeah. What does that mean? Just like it's a bit of a roundabout way to pray, isn't it? To aliens? Yeah. Well, firstly to aliens, but also like, then I please let me get this pitch so I don't feel bad about watching Netflix. I know, but I do feel really guilty about it. I don't think anybody watches. Now, here's the thing. I, I know I am hardworking and I know I do a lot. But I do spend too much time watching TV. I love TV. I love movies. Just learning your craft, aren't you? That's what I'm saying. So at least if I get the pitch, it was all worth it. All right, fine. Even if I don't get it, it was fun writing it. So you've written something. Yeah, I wrote two things. So I wrote the first thing and I I love that. And so what he's pitching it for will be 10 episodes by 10 minutes. So I was like, no way. This I'm keeping in my arsenal. Because if I do, if you know... If you do believe in yourself and you do think you're going to get successful, I love this first idea. I don't want it to be a 10-minute show. I want it to be like like a fucking Dairy Girls or a bloody This Way Up or, uh, you know, I want it to be like 30, 30 minutes an episode. And I think that it would fit with Irish people and American people. And I've, I planned it all out. So then once he said he was pitching it for 10 by 10, I went, no, no, no I'm taking this back. So then I wrote another story. I wrote a different one for the 10 by 10. And I'm very excited about that. And that's like easy. That could be like it's a very low budget uh, shot in the one place 10 episodes I've planned out all the episodes and he was very happy with that so we'll meet we'll talk about pitching it it'd be just a fucking Irish stuff but 
if it is Irish stuff, that's my, you know, that's my my portfolio basically for American stuff. Do you know? Once yeah. it gets filmed, that'd be. So we'll see. But look, it's just good. It was fun to write it and just get it get it done. You know. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Have you ever? What have you done in the UK? I basically write one woman shows yeah. and tour them around the world. That's what Fleabag was. Yeah. Would you ever write a show? Well, I just like writing stand-up shows, stand-up hours. So this this latest one that I'm touring... So the first show that I wrote was when I got sober and it was a show called Walk of Shame that was about um, me running away with my drug dealer to Asia to work for Chinese Mafia. And Is that real? You did that? Yeah. And then... And then, then I wrote a follow-up show called You May Recognize Me from Tinder, which was about me becoming a sugar baby before I got sober. Did you do that? Yeah. And then <laughs> and then this next show, we've gone more observational because I've got no more trauma left. Yeah. So this one's called Talk Dirty to Me. And this one's about like how straight women uh, orgasm the least in society and how when... It's true. Yeah, and how straight women, when they have a baby, they end up doing most of the work in the house. So it's an upbeat show. Mm. No, but it's like it's about my solutions to kind of... Yeah, so basically I've been face-sitting a lot for research. Have you read The Second Shift? No, but I've been referred to it and I've been doing a lot of reading about I that I haven't sort of read stuff. it, but that's a great one because I feel like uh, for the listeners, The Second Shift, just what I've been told is about how when women finally got out and started working, we're so institutionalized to still be the cleaners and be the the one doing the home stuff that women will come home after working and men just wouldn't think about it and they would go and do the and this is of course generalizing but they would go and do all the cleaning so they would come home and do a second shift yeah yeah so women working women do 60 percent of the house 66 percent of the household stuff yeah and i would i would say still to this day like i've lived with a lot of men and they're just fucking oblivious like i have to say that sometimes it was because it's because domestic work isn't considered valuable it's like i've been reading some stuff about like production uh like reproduction and production and how like back in the 18th or 19th century they basically monetized the bloke's work and then like the woman was a supporting like basically they just kind of divvied up the work and then like prioritized and kind of like really made important the paid version of it but um yeah it's pretty sad really i mean i don't want kids so i'm just like oh that's a breeder problem but i have been getting stuck into the orgasm equality debate and i've been stepping into my dominatrix vibes and that that part of my life is a-okay sorted out wait so tell us more about that um what do you want to know well all of it that's super interesting that's really key for the podcast that is really key for the podcast yeah because you know i didn't i didn't orgasm which listeners know until i moved over here and it wasn't until i I didn't masturbate here's the thing nobody told me about it nobody was talking about it all i remember when i was 13 is the guys in school being like you can always tell when a girl uh, masturbates because her fingernails is long and they were like slagging it and then i don't have a i don't have any sort of like relationship with my mother where there wasn't like shame you know, so anything she told me about sex and periods and stuff was like pretty fucking. Ugh. So I always had like a real shame around sex. And also uh, I was always known that I was the cause of her life being ruined. So a lot of like sex stuff for me was very uncomfortable, I would oh, say. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, whatever. Um, But so coming over here and meeting people who were so open about it and talking about it was like life changing. Now, in fairness to a lot of my friends now, we just just because we didn't talk about it. 
now that I ended up doing the podcast, they openly talked to me about it. And they were like, yeah, I just wasn't telling anybody I did have a vibrator. And I'm like, what? They were like, yeah, because I don't want to get slagged. And one of the girls I know told me that. And I was like, no, the rest of them definitely didn't. But And I ended up living with a girl back home. And she was like, I moved in with her when I was older. And she was very open about a lot of stuff. And so that was very helpful. But she was older, like a couple of years older than me, Irish woman. And very like in touch with her sexuality. But I'd never really met that and then coming over here was like a game changer so i didn't masturbate until i was over here like 27 but the listeners already know that <laughs> but just to give you an insight of thank it thank you and i think a lot of irish women are probably similar to me from my age i'd say there's a massive there's been a massive change in ireland i would hope and i think yeah ireland's a funny one isn't it because like they just legalized abortion didn't they legalized very abortion, recently gay marriage um had our first uh openly gay prime minister um who knows i don't know if any of them the other ones were they just weren't open about it you know um and then yeah there's a lot you know there's like getting sex positivity coming over there i'm sure for young women there's still always going to be that institutionalized uh misogyny or whatever i don't know if it's institutionalized or inherent misogyny that we all have to overcome and i've talked to friends who worked in firms back there and they were very successful and dealt with a lot of misogyny and things they told me that like and this is fresh off like this is like a couple of years ago like and, ha- and I had to struggle with that because especially since doing the podcast a lot of my friends and people I would have been acquaintance with would have came forward with stories like this so I still think there's a lot of work to be done in Ireland yeah man well I've just been I've just been freeing up my orgasm because so what do you mean by that well orgasm I've just realized in my 20s and 30s I didn't really I was having casual se- like I was having casual sex, but I wasn't enjoying it, and I think that's quite common. I think the yeah, pill, yeah, that was al- the same. I think a p- the pill allowed us to sort of socially. It was socially acceptable for us to have sex, but not really to find pleasure in it. And I think I always thought, well, if I have, s- I don't know, there was some fucked up thing in my mind that was like, well, I want a long term relationship, mm. and and really held this, and and really maybe put in my own mind thought, well, I'll just, you know, the. Uh, once I have the long-term relationship, I can access good sex. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've just kind of thought, oh, I'm, I'm not really sure. During lockdown, I moved to Manchester, long story, but ended up in, living in this really lovely flat. And then I looked at this flat and I thought, this is a beautiful two-bedroom flat. Wow. And then I realised, oh, there's no room for a man in this flat. I don't need a man to help me have the lifestyle that I wanted. And then as soon as I realised that, I was like, why am I looking for a relationship then? What, what what was that all about? And then I just thought, well, is there a way for me to just have sex for me through my own sexual gaze? Which sounds revolutionary and it sounds like it should be, you know, it's, it's, it sounds mental that I even think that that's, a, you know, a revolutionary thing, but it should be. So, yeah, and then I just basically realised I couldn't get my orgasm from like the bumbles and the tinders of the world so i went to the king caps because that's what female pleasure is considered what's as. a king cap so um it's like like dom dominatrixes submissives and switches so the submissives they are the ones that follow the rules yeah. and then the dominatrixes are the ones the dominant ones are the ones that kind of set the rules and it's this kind of like role play it's quite caring so you would physically go in and do sexual things with who yeah 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 i'm i'm definitely more dominant yeah so i just basically before i have sex with anyone 
I tell them. Oh, so there's not a house you went to do no, this? No, 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 no. Just my house. Um, <laughs> but I, it's just the, it's just the, it's just the status of the, it's just the dynamic of the sex. Yeah. Rather, because I feel like a lot of straight sex for women is just us like allowing a man to have sex with us and then the man just sort of like having sex for his own pleasure and then any female pleasure is very very optional and a lot of the time it would be like oh is that it okay like because a lot of like straight sex is is done through the male gaze isn't it the male route to pleasure the last english guy i had sex with it was definitely like that yeah so it's like he was like oh you fucking brit (laughs) (laughs) go down there and eat my vagina (laughs) yeah well like i need clit stuff i need clit stuff i don't need penetration penetration is overvalued in Mm. straight sex like i like no no a lot of the sex was just like a little bit of foreplay yeah this guy didn't i was very surprised because i have to say with americans i noticed way more foreplay and the really yeah and the irish the two irish guys i'd been with over here one of them he had been here seven years and or like sorry a long time but he had had a seven-year relationship and he was like the king of going down so I have to say, like, I was like, wow. he definitely had. I need to have sex with an American. Yeah, well, yeah. So I, I, the, I mean, a lot of the Americans, for the, yeah, I have to say, for the most part, I feel like, now I have to have a good think about, but I think that they're pretty good with that stuff. Um, and I know Le- Leland would, would always go down before just to guarantee I've already orgasmed, so there's no pressure on him. And he'll go down afterwards as well. Um or like whatever I need, it's he'll get off on, on my pleasure. And I do think that's been more, that's why I've learned a lot about sex over here because there's been more what? like, do you like this? What do you like? This usually talk me true what you want. So, but then I had that British guy rec- like before Leland and I mean, he was fucking gorgeous yeah. and the sex was great, but it was definitely penetration and me like rubbing myself while he's penetrating me. You're which trying is fine. to like get the breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I said it to him, I was like, you didn't go down. What was that about? And he was like, oh, uh, uh, oh, no, because he texts me saying, oh, you're great at giving head. And I said, I'd say the same about you, but you didn't, you didn't even go down there. And then he was like, I'm great at whatever he said slang word for like, pussy eating oh my god pussy i've never said that word before that sounds so weird out my mouth uh whatever like lick outs are there and then lick outs who uses the verb sexual verb lick yeah we do in ireland that's what it oh is it yeah yeah i'm gonna lick you out Uh, (laughs) i've not heard that since the 90s but so then he um the next time we had sex, he went down for like two seconds and came back up. Oh, fuck. And I don't guy. like that. Yeah, I don't like that. So, so uh, if I now moving forward, I would not. So, of course, I just blamed your whole country and I was like, it's all British men. British men are bad in bed, to be honest. Are they? Well, I don't know. I just I took don't... a one, one, did the, the usual <laughs> thing where you take one experience and then brand a whole nation. <laughs> um so then what happens so then you so you go in you tell them so basically well i've been having a lot of sex during my 20s and 30s where it was like three minutes of them going down on me followed by like a world-class yeah i'm sorry to them they need to go like for for, for 30 minutes that's yeah like, i agree I, well now i do because i've got yeah. sexual standards yeah. um but uh yeah so i was having a lot of bad sex so now what i do is i just i before like if i basically the dynamic is I set the T's and C's of the sex that I want to have. Yeah. And if they don't agree to that, I don't have sex with them. Now, I know that sounds basic and what everybody (laughs) should do. But I was a young woman in the 90s and it just wasn't like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you were brought up, and a lot of women my age would have been brought up to kind of like smile at men, and uh, be be like amen amenable. Is that the word? Amen- amenable. Amenable. Am I am- amenable. Amen- yeah, yeah. You're on. You're always just like, okay, yes, yeah, sure, and kind of quiet and like fuck that oh my god my stomach's rumbling but i think you're dead right but uh, but at the moment i'm in a place where i'm not giving blowjobs they come round, they eat me out and if they're lucky i might touch their knob <laughs> but that's about it yeah um do you still have sex with them it depends oh so these are guys who you they know before you're oh like, they know before that- yeah but i mean and that's americans or english well, I've not had sex with an American yet. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm an American man, I'd be chill with that. He'd come around and eat out while he's wanking himself off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, interesting. I think, yeah. Makes a note. Yeah. <laughs> Have sex with an American man. Plus, as well, this way you're getting men who are... If you're telling them before, like, you're coming around, you're eating me out, you like, I might do something to you. These are guys who get off on pleasuring Yeah, women, yeah, yeah. So and you're th- already getting the right caliber for yourself. That's it. And, and like, my sexual option... Like, I think previously, I'd be like, oh, we, I won't fuck a man under six foot. Now, I've got a very open door policy. Short guys, bald guys. Yeah. If- That's a good way to be. My friend was struggling with dating men and dating, like, sh- shitty guys. And I was like, okay, this needs to be off your list. You have to have, like, kind, understanding. Like sweet pussy. But then, no, but then I... Then I and then she said... And has to be over six foot two. And I was like... Those bastards don't need to try hard. I was like, firstly, why is it that... Because she... No, sorry. It wasn't has to be six over six foot two. It was... She goes, you're right, you're right. I'll have to date nicer guys. And I go, also, sometimes, um, you know, I've seen that you only really date tall guys. Sometimes, like, short or, like, average height guys. And she nearly fucking crashed the car. Also, she was like, I'm not dating anyone under six foot two. And I go, why can't you have the same attitude when you're talking about like shitty men? Like, I'm not going to date anyone who's going to be abusive. Or I'm not gonna date. And it's so frustrating because it doesn't matter what height. It's just you should be looking for the good qualities, especially when you're looking for a relationship. Also, tiny dicks. I'm a big fan of them. I think, yeah. I think men that hung, overrated. Yeah, the English guy had a large penis. Uh, and it was like fat, fit perfectly so that's why i think he got away because it was quite pleasurable but i have to say when i've been with men who have smaller willies they try they harder. try harder 100 like, leland has a joke about his joke i is, thought you were about to say leland has a tiny dick <laughs> no i'm yeah. like should you be sharing this shit <laughs> on a podcast <laughs> well he has a joke where he says i don't have big dick energy i have i'll make up for it energy oh i love that yeah so he's not He's not hung. He's like average. <laughs> He's average. And but that's I'd fine. Per- yeah. And, you know, and it is fine because I'm telling you, the man is, you You had said before, because we had talked about like, you know, how's it going with Leland? And I had said like, I'd say we will get married and all that stuff. Like, I, I can't see why we wouldn't because we're very happy. We've got a great relationship and you asked about the sex. And I think that's something, it's funny that I've kind of struggled a bit in a long-term relationship because sex for me was always with these what I was sexually attracted to were these nightmare men. Like they hadn't get their shit together. They're like jealous, possessive, abusive, all that stuff. That really got me hot. But um, but with Leland, <laughs> he showed me all this other sex. Like we watched porn together throughout our relationship, which I'd never done before. He taught me about massage sex, which I'd never done before. Toys in 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 the bedroom I had rarely done. I'd done a little bit with partners, but he's way he has way more to- toys. Mm. He also had like a strap on, a big scary penis. It was too oh, big yeah. for me. But the Did fact you that he's did he fuck with him? Yeah, we tried for a bit, but it felt very like unnatural. But the fact that he's willing to do that and that's an option down the road. Leland likes a bit pegging. No, that was for me. Oh. Oh, but he would. Yeah. He's uh he likes things in his bum, but I haven't 
I also have been Are you okay to talk about this? Yeah, yeah, he talks about it on his comedy. Fine. He's talking about it on this. But he's like, uh, I'm more slow to do that, if I'm honest. But that's good because yeah. if we're together long term, I like to take my time with these type of things. So we have things to look forward to. And I will say I was last episode, I was saying I was struggling a bit with my libido. But I noticed, this is so funny, we went away for two nights and when I came back, we didn't have time to have sex because we were hanging out with his friends. It was a wedding. We were doing a million things. We came home. We passed out. It was like we we got there this Saturday and we flew out on the Sunday in a red eye. So there was no time to have sex. But when we came home the next morning before we went for a nap, I jumped on him. And that I feel like it's been the last like maybe two months I've been so stressed out. I've been like scheduling in sex like there'd been no spontaneous sex. And I was purposely scheduling it in being like, OK, you need to do this, this and this to get me going. But taking a night or two off to go away together and relax and not do comedy and not be stressed. Yeah. Then I was fucking horny as fuck. So it's like, oh, you just have to remember to take nights off. Go do things. We had like a whole we did a bunch of fun stuff outside of like not just being in the craziness of comedy. And where'd you meet him? He's a comedian. Oh, just through comedy. Yeah. He had a crush on me like four years previous. And then he didn't ask me out. But he said that he just didn't think that i would have went for it or whatever he's very like humbled in that way he also he also like glowed up um he had a terrible haircut oh my god they were putting on like a video of like because him and his friends were there of him when he was younger when they all hung out when they were in arizona so we're in las vegas for the wedding and i had the video and i was like leland like who was your girlfriend at the time and let me talk to her because i can't believe she let you out with like with that haircut it's just oh, oh i love I, a glow up what i love a glow up oh yeah yeah and like i mean obviously i'm attracted to his personality it does help that when i saw him after the pandemic i was like wow leland's a man now because he was like when we met each other he was only in his early he was a baby oh, he was like early 20 23 yeah he was like 22 22 too young too young yeah so now he's when we started dating he was 26 oh i love it um but yeah so well how did we get onto that libido okay but now you 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 dom the men yeah i'm not really like latex and whips i'm more like just come around to my flat and i'll let you eat me out and then you can fuck off again and they're all cool with that yeah they love it it's great yeah i've got yeah yeah lovely having a great time yeah that's amazing but i do want a relationship so that is i'm emotionally available for a relationship but um i got love bombed by the last by stinky cock the last guy did i mention stinky cock again oh stinky cock was um (laughs) I've got a new bit about him, but he was the guy that um, I met on on the kink app and we ended up dating for a while and his cock was stinky, but I didn't find out until I was emotionally... Oh, so the kink app? Yeah. What's it called? Field. Wow, they have that over here. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I've not I've not logged on because um, I, I need to focus. So stinky cock comes over. Yeah, well, I didn't realise he had a stinky cock <laughs> because I didn't give him a blowjob till about three weeks in. Yeah. So I was just like, for the first bits, I was just mainly sitting on his face. And um, so, yeah, and then I thought I could change him. Anyway, cut to two and a half months later, he ghosted me. But he was love bombing. He was a love bomber. Yeah, well, love bombers always end up ghosting because when you when they, they look, get you hooked, they, they get you hooked, and then they get you to the place where they want, and then they're like, okay, now it's time to go off and do this to someone else. Like they're emotional terrorists. But I am, um, you know, that you said you were talking about therapy. Like after that, I realized that I was an anxious attachment style, and that he was probably avoidant. Yeah. And actually, what I need to do is look for secure attachment. And it's funny because like I'm in recovery, and I think a lot of people in recovery attracted to like that drama the deficit of like 
just you know that we can fill in the gaps yourself between attention and actually we find someone secure quite boring oh no absolutely and sometimes i feel repellent if someone likes me i go i feel repelled by them you have to step past that though because yeah. that's how I felt so oh, I kept, really yeah yeah that's why I'm sure me dating the crazy guys was replacing all the crazy drama from my like my sure my, my, my mother or whatever and all that shit so I was always having these and perfect with dating guys having that crazy drama because then you're not ruining friendships let's <laughs> get my drama there yeah because you know some people bring it into your friendships you don't want that uh so when I tried to cure myself I found I, I could never date boring guys or sorry nice guys because I found them boring I mean even the first two dates with Leland I was like what the fuck and then but a, yeah. a, a therapist had said and not my therapist but someone who was on the podcast so the listener know this said give every person up to four to five dates yeah. because a normal well-adjusted secure person doesn't unload all their shit straight away it can seem boring but they also take a second to open up to someone and like even for the first three months of our relationship i was kind of like like i was i there i knew there was something about leland and he was nice and all my friends had vetted him and he wanted the same things as me because we talked about it as friends so i stuck it out but i was kind of like i don't know like he still doesn't seem like fully himself and now a year and three months later i'm like oh because People who don't have childhood trauma or who aren't mental take a second to open up. Now he makes me laugh more than anybody I've ever met. Uh, And now he's like fully comfortable. And it's like, yeah, duh, because it's more normal to slowly open up. He didn't like dump all his shit on me in the first three months. He didn't like he was like very like, you know, he wasn't he wasn't fully himself until he got to know me and felt comfortable and secure and it's like oh that's normal so i would definitely say you gotta push past and just go with it and give people a couple of dates before you because the the guy who you go on the date with who's like lying with you on your roof first date telling you all about how their father was shitty and how their ex-girlfriend did this and how they just are a lost soul and you're like oh i can fix you that's gonna blow up in three months yeah also like if you're saying you love each other after like two dates it's sort of weird yeah, i mean not I that had, i mean not that i'd ever do that but yeah i did that i did that too i had that when irish guy over. <laughs> it was five days and we were like i, mean, I we love, love you we love each other we were like so drunk uh this is when i drank too much as well and we had like this whirlwind relationship for three months and it blew up in my face. Yeah, of course, of course it did. It. The thing is, I knew, I knew it was going to blow up. I was like, mm, this feels a bit, I feel very anxious when he's not with me. Yeah. Like proper like. <gasps> like did you a, take the secu- the test? The anxious attachment test? Uh, Probably. But I definitely, but I read a book about. There's yeah, an I have the book. Yeah. Yeah. The, I have to read it. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's very good. I was like, oh yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Got it. You have to, and the problem is you have to keep telling yourself then like, oh him letting me go hang out with my male friends is because he respects me you know it doesn't make sense because a lot of time when they're jealous and possessive you're like oh that must mean they really like me and it's like oh no he just respects me and trusts me as a you like all the things that you are like well this isn't like oh you don't want to fight every five minutes (laughs) you have to be like oh that's normal and like readjust there is so much readjusting had to do with leland also if they have a stinky cot they probably can't take care of their emotional needs did you ask him to wash his dick i did did he wash it um yeah but it was it was sort of like a half it was a real half job it was like a really long foreskin with like festering bacteria under it and then he would wash it and then but then he wouldn't wash it properly and then i'd have to wash him again and he'd always make a comment of like oh you're asking me but the thing is there was weeks where i was like 
oh my God, he's got a stinky cock. What do I do? And I was avoiding it. Like I was doing the spitty blow job. I just jumped. No, I, I, I have a really bad guy. Reflection. Yeah, I just chuck a condom on and sit on it just to kind of like get over and done with. Aww. Do you know what I mean? It was it was really stressful. And I was asking my straight friends, male friends, they were like, go for a sexy shower. And I was like, ah. And then I was asking my gay friends and they were like, just be fucking honest. So I ended up being honest. But, it, it, you know, and I had to really have a chat with him and it sort of got a bit better, but it did, never got to the level that I expect it now. Now, if someone comes, I'm like, you need to, I tell them up front. I'm like, come round, clean arsehole, clean balls. Yeah, no, and I'm with you on that too, because like, um, I think... <sighs> just clean your willy and even guys who have uh who don't have a foreskin and if they go out running or whatever like like if leland goes for a run it's of course not gonna be it's not gonna be smelling amazing but in fairness to him he'd always go have a shower before we have sex well it's, that's it that like yeah, I, 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 asking a lot. I, I was i was gonna hook up with someone recently we've been chatting for ages and i was like can you turn up freshly showered yeah. right i don't think that's about it turn up freshly showered those are the standards that i want and he starts, and he and he's like, "What kind of guys are you asking round?" And then it it transpired that he that he was he was just trying to say things like, "Well, I had a shower this morning; it should be fun." I'm like, "No, no, no! There is a difference yeah. between showering an hour before we have sex and in the morning, eight hours of you sitting in an office. I don't want eight hours of you sitting in an office. Balls, Isn't the same? Oh, yeah. Is not the same level of cleanliness as an hour or forty five minutes before and it we takes have ten, sex. Ten minutes stopping, and then secondly, it's not like." If it, some people are into that, some people are into the dirt and the sweat. I I'm don't not. mind now if Leland's like sweaty or whatever, but we've, we're in love. It's different. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? I don't want... Same way when someone wakes up the next morning and you smell the breath and you're like, ugh. But now if that's Leland's, I'm like, whatever, because I have the Oxycontin shit. I'm in love with him. I, I don't want to wake... I hated when someone would wake up the next day and their smelly breath was on me. I'm like, go. Oh, I don't let people stay around. Toothpaste. Yeah, you know, that was my mistake. Some of these fuckers wouldn't leave. One time a guy, and we didn't, I didn't even have sex with him because this is when I was all deluded, where I was like, I'll make them wait for three dates and then they'll love me and be in a relationship, which actually they just wait for three dates and then never call yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, this guy... And I ended up not having sex with him at all because... And in one way, thank God I did make him wait because brought him home. He didn't wake up until 5 p.m. the next day. I oh, went that's out so about unattractive. My I did shit. I had to. And then he like left his keys in my apartment. So there was all this stuff of him Facebook messaged me at the time. Oh, that's weird. Trying to get my keys. But I was working in a bar late shift at like nights at the time. So I was like, I don't know. I guess I'll just drop them to you tomorrow. But yeah, that was mental. But yeah, wash your... The other thing is like with women, because sometimes men will be like, well, women's vaginas aren't... The... And it's like, no, because... We'll scrub it before we come in anywhere near you. Yeah. I'm a big... I'm a like... I'm OCD. Yeah, and it's a different smell. It's like a healthy vagina is going to have like a healthy like pheromone. Also, you can check... Yeah. That's, what, that's what the hand to the pussy's for have a little yeah. sniff before yeah it's gonna, definitely it's gonna have a of course it's gonna have a taste or like a health like a, there's pheromones and all that stuff but i mean if it's like a bang of it a girl's gonna know and she's probably gonna have to just go to a, a gynecologist because it's you know there is like certain smells where it's like oh something's up so for the most part yeah, so you, yeah 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 i think even for her yeah but yeah like there's, gonna, also, there's still going to be tastes and smells. Even a, even a cock that's been cleaned, it still tastes like a cock. Oh, no, but a clean cock with cock, pre-cum on cock. it, I don't mind. I love it. It's yeah, yeah. it's like a yeah, job well you done. you just don't want, like, I, uh, if it's smelly and it goes in, I'll be g getting sick because I, ca I physically can't. Like, I had my friend's cat and, you know, when you get to smell cat pee, I didn't know because my cat was always outdoor, indoor. So oh. he would go pee in other, other people's gardens. Never peed in mine. Oh, yeah. Cat oh. piss in a flat is disgusting. And it reminds me of that one time when I had a smelly dick where it's like, I had to I had to put my mask on to clean up the cat pee because I was gagging. Oh, okay. 
I've got a gag right now. I can't. No, don't I gag. Such, no, I have really bad gag reflex when it comes. To, when I even think about vomit, I'll vomit. So I, I specifically. Well, thank God Leland's no bigger. You'd be fucked. Yeah. No. Thank. Yeah. No. No. Thank God. I can't. I don't want a big penis. I can't put it down there. That's why I love a good average size. I can do my thing and feel confident. You know. Because I will get sick. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I'm brushing my teeth. One time a guy was like, oh my God, you gagged on my penis. And I was like, don't feel they too big. They love it. They love it. Yeah, but it's it. like, well, you don't feel big about that. I gag when I brush my teeth. So. I don't, yeah, I, I gag quite, I don't, I'm not like, I'm just like, oh, don't put it in too far. I just feel like I'm going to drown. Um, so we should really wrap this up because I've taken up too much of your time. Where can That's every, all right. Where can everybody find you? Well, I'm, I'm doing some shows in um, New York at the start of July, 5th and 7th at the stand. I'm doing my show Talk Dirty to me about me facing promote boston too when's boston boston's um on the first of second of july and then i've got rhode island on the first of july and then manchester new hampshire on the 29th of june i think there is some listeners in boston it's at the hideout right yeah it is yeah yeah, it's gonna be great make sure to dm eleanor what's your is what did you just say eleanorconway.com yeah um anything else you want to promote um can you follow me on tiktok and instagram because i'm sat next to katie and she's doing very well and i want to compete Oh, I know, but I, <laughs> I, I I need to get people from my TikTok and my Instagram over to my podcast. But I did see a little jump this week. So fingers crossed people keep coming. And also for the listeners, the video, which has been a total nightmare, by the way, because I put up the video for last week's on my Patreon. And then I just, one of the guys messaged me being like, after five minutes, there's no video. So I'm trying to figure out how to upload the stuff to my computer and i'll figure all that out but that video will be on the patreon and if you can go rate review subscribe and tell your friends tell your friends but hopefully more listeners will come over from the because my instagram just started growing in the last month so hopefully and i never that's why i'm trying to do videos because it's my listenership on this has just been the same for forever it's not like you do video clips that's what that's what i have to do because no i don't think any of my people you should you should pay someone to do it I showed I'm having a, it's a total nightmare. Yeah, it's a video is a video is a big thing. I, I feel bad that we end on this. Love yous. Bye. Bye. Go rate review. Thank you so much. It helps a lot. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.